Hey guys, welcome to the channel. Hello. Welcome, welcome. I'm Mark Headley, and I'm joined I'm... today by Claire Headley. Yes, Claire Headley. <laughs> um, and we are going to cover um, in today's episode, this is kind of like a Scientology Live plus a Scientology Stories. Um, we are going to cover the secret operating Thetan levels in Scientology today. Um, the Claire did almost all of these levels when we were in the Sea Organization at the International Headquarters of Scientology. And I haven't done a single one of these. I've only read them on the internet after we escaped from Scientology. Yeah. So um, so the reason I didn't just do this by myself is because Claire's already done a bunch of these things. So she knows what she did and, and what they cover. And she also was in, uh, as well as Religious Technology Center, the highest organization in Scientology that oversees uh, Scientology's technology. Um, but she also did... Um, some of her, you know, Scientology counseling and training in Golden Era Productions as well. So she's very knowledgeable on all this stuff. Yes. Lots of mind effery we're going to be going through today, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was talking to somebody the other day and they were like, why do you think some people um, are able to like get like deprogrammed from Scientology quicker than other people. And I think it really depends on how much of the nonsense you've ingested. Yeah. And I ingested very, very little nonsense compared to a lot of other Sea Org members and Scientologists yeah. because I was really just a worker getting work done. And, um, and I wasn't uh, I doing think, a lot of yeah, Scientology studying. Yeah. I think it also <laughs> just depends on the way you approached it. Like you and I were both born in for all intents and purposes. So it's not like, like, uh, at least for myself, I grew up thinking, oh, all these adults are raving about all this stuff. And I just never thought to question it. But yeah, I talked to this lady after like years after we left when we were doing the very first SP party in LA. And she had audited Hubbard. And and I was telling her, I'm like, I'm kind of like, I don't really understand why Mark was able to unravel it so quickly compared to me is that like <laughs> I was kind of self-examining and she was like well you did you think that maybe it had to do with the level of you know indoctrination uh, contortions that you went through going through the upper levels I'm like oh yeah that's a really good point I hadn't thought about that um in terms of walking that back and you know I mean obviously it well not obviously my perspective on all this is it's a really elaborate case of the emperor's new clothes and also speaks to the power of belief. Believe whatever you want, but don't don't hurt people and abuse people at the end of the day. But nonetheless, we're going to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And while we're waiting to fire it up here and get everybody uh, get everybody in the live, uh, let us know in the comments. If you're already in here, let us know in the comments where you're tuning in from. Um, we did a live last week where we covered, we have a lot of, um, viewers and listeners, if you're listening to this on the podcast, um, uh, the two biggest cities we have uh, podcast downloads are from Sydney and Melbourne. So um, we like to see, and that's also why we're doing this one a little bit earlier. Um, I know it's 
it's probably about, you know, nine, I think it's 9am in Sydney. And it's, I think it's either 10pm or 9pm in uh, the UK in London. Um, those are the most uh, requests we get to do a live are from Australia and from UK people. We get people requesting that we do them earlier here. And that's kind of like the sweet spot to either do it early in the morning in Australia or late at night at London and afternoon here. It's kind of like where we can kind of hit everybody all at once. And obviously people will be tuning in for the replay, but um, we try to let people who can't get into a live, we try to give them opportunities to do so. So uh, let's see where we've got, we've got, uh, I'll, I'll put them up and you read them. So okay. everybody, cause everybody gets sick of listening to me. All righty then Carrie Bemis, Cleveland, Ohio, LOL. Okay. Uh, Bears mom, Indiana bears mom. Good to see you here. Matt Denny, 10 PM here in the UK. Good to see you, Matt. Thanks hey, Matt, for joining Matt. us. Matt liked my uh, Fanny's Funnel Cakes uh, comment uh, photo that I showed in that <laughs> he, video. Well, we didn't really explain. People in Fanny America probably were like, <laughs> whatever, what's so funny about that? In in the UK, you definitely don't be speaking that and definitely don't be putting it on a business sign. It's not appropriate. <laughs> yes, exactly. Karen, hello from North Dakota. Hello, Karen. Jenny H, tuning in from Las Vegas. Thanks for joining us. Good to see you here. Kel's mom, Huntsville, Alabama. Tiny Turtles, hi from Northwest Washington State. Lacey B, hello from Connecticut. Hello from Colorado. Jane, Washington State, thanks for joining us. Susie Spoon, Newcastle, Australia. That reminds me of, we've been re-watching Stranger Things and it reminded me of, what was it? Susie, Susie Boo, Susie. <laughs> Susie Boo. <laughs> Carrie Bemis again. I was binge watching your Shelly series today. They are fantastic. Thank you, Carrie. I promise I will be back at it shortly. It's been uh, end of the year is, and January is my busiest month at work. So it's always a little hectic, but we're getting back into the swing of things. So thank you. Thank you for your patience as well. Everybody else. Silo Simon, Salt Lake City. Hello. Hello. Shannon Graves. Hello, Headley's from Florida. Hi, Shannon. Good to see you here. Thanks for joining us. Love Food Kitchen in the house. I've just had to pause Claire so I can watch Claire. Well, alrighty then. <laughs> uh, Indie Spirit. Hello from snowy Ohio. Hello, Indie Spirit. Matt Denny again. I laughed so hard. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes. Hogs Belly, London, UK. Hello, and thanks for joining us. Witness. Hi, Witness. Hi, watching in San Diego. Thanks for being here. Good to see you. Nice. So we got people all over the place. That's awesome. Yes. Sassy Fighter. Kiao, Hawaii. I, I don't know how to say that, but. I think you say Kiao. 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 Oh, look who's here. Catherine Olson in the house, our amazing mod. Thanks for being here, Catherine. Hi, everyone. Yeah, this is the last one right here. Okay. Care for JC YouTube. Hi from Hammett area. Boom. <laughs> Skadoosh. I'm glad to not be there, but hope, oh, hope I it's lied. Uh... Here you oh, go. One last one. Susie Spoon. I'm one of your podcast listeners too in Australia. Nice. Awesome. Perfect. 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 Okay, guys. I think we've uh, we've got enough uh, pre-roll here to get into the beef of this thing. Yeah. Oh, by um, the way, um, you just reminded me and I want to get it out now. Somebody told me we have a frequent flyer, Rosebud Amy. She told me how to say it now. Rosebud Amy. Rosebud Amy, you were saying you, you're muted. 
Yes, Amy. Yes, there you go. Perfect. Okay, so we're going to try something a little different here. We we've been using more and more graphics just because it's easier. It's 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 just easier to do it that way. Um, so we want to try a new thing here. Let's just see if we can get this the way I want it. Poof! There we go. Okay, so in Scientology, they have what's called a bridge, and this is an uh, this is from an early Scientology magazine. This uh, this little drawing here, and it says Scientology: the bridge bridge from chaos to total freedom. And then it shows this field staff members. These are people that are in Scientology that get other people into Scientology. And it says in the middle there, public, and then it has books. And that was back in, this is like in the, in the sixties, this was kind of how they did it. They got people in with books and they had a very, uh, very similar Scientology structure where they had these different lower organizations. As you went, they had these things called centers. And that's where you could get Dianetics auditing. Then they had Scientology offices and you could do like some low level courses. And those kind of, those two centers and offices, those kind of got mixed into what now Scientology calls test centers and missions. And they're kind of the ones that do those two lower things. And then you have what's called central organizations. And this is where you have like this new organization that they're opening up in Austin, which is really not a new Scientology organization. They've always had one in Austin. This is just a new building. So Scientology likes to say they're opening new organizations. They're just getting new buildings and moving existing organizations into those buildings. They haven't opened up any new offices in decades. They've only closed and combined offices um, pretty much since the 80s. They've been closing and combining offices. Um, and so then it goes to central orgs and then it goes to St. Hill. Now, St. Hill was the organization in England and in East Grinstead in, uh, apostate Alexville. And, um, and that it w- used to be the only place that you could do these advanced, um, like higher Scientology counseling and training. And then they created multiples of those later on where they had one in LA and they had one in uh, UK and they had one in uh, AOSH, what was called uh, Europe in Denmark. And they kind of made those all over the place. And now they have one in, um, in uh, Australia as well. And I think, do they have one in Africa as well? They have an AO in Africa now, Mm, something like that. I don't know. They've got them all over. And then, um, Oh, and then it, become the advanced org. So then you have the advanced organizations, which would be the ones I'm just talking about. That's advanced organization, Los Angeles, um, advanced organization in, uh, in Australia or UK or Denmark. And then they don't have it on here, but then after this, they created the flag organization and that was at C. And then if you wanted to do this super, super high level OT levels, you had to go to Florida um, or you had to go to the wherever it was at sea. And then that moved to land in the 70s. And that became known as the Flag Land Base or FLB. And that's what that whole complex of organizations in Clearwater, Florida is. That's referred to as FLB or Flag. Okay, well, now um, they have a fancy chart which is the bridge to total freedom. And on one side, you can see it's, I don't know if it, how easy it is to read, but on one side, it says training. And on the other side, it says processing. And it goes from the bottom. And that's where Dianetics and Scientology introductory services, that's all this stuff at the bottom. And then, um, hold on, let me turn off this this ticker. Um, sorry about that. So you can see that even clearer. So you've got Dianetics and Scientology introductory levels. 
and then that you do all those at the bottom and then you can see in sort of in the middle of the bridge to total freedom it says clear there on one side and that's the side that we're going to talk about today we're not going to talk about the training necessarily we're mainly going to talk about the counseling and we're going to cover from clear all the way up to o- the top ot levels the operating thetan levels that they tell you in scientology now all of these lower um everything below clear is not confidential right you can, anybody can pick up anything below clear and just read it yep. get, and find out about it. So you can really, anybody could just do that. So that's why we're not really covering any of that stuff below clear. Um, when you start doing clear and OT levels, Scientologists actually are not allowed to talk to other Scientologists about those materials or about those levels. And if they do, you can get declared a suppressive person by Scientology if you just tell another Scientologist something about clear or the OT levels. Um, it's it's purely forbidden in Scientology, and it is a suppressive act um, because another person you're not allowed to dis- when you have counseling in Scientology. Whatever is uh, has to do with your personal counseling, that's referred to as your case. And in Scientology, you're not allowed to discuss your case with another person in Scientology, whether it's another student or if just your wife or anybody else in Scientology, you're not allowed to, um, you're not, oh, sorry, I added you back in there. I didn't know if you were ready. Claire, <laughs> you're good. Claire had to take care of something real quick. And so yeah, I, sorry I'll, about that. Um, anyway, so, so everything that we're going to cover today is the stuff that you're going to get declared a suppressive person if you talk about it in Scientology. And then this way, people that are in Scientology, if they want to know about these things, they could just go on YouTube and find out, and we're going to tell them the straight dope on all this nonsense that is is on here. So right above clear, you have these OT levels, and they go on the Scientology, uh, what was called what's called the grade chart or the bridge. It shows OT1, 2, and it goes all the way up to OT15. Okay, now there is no OT levels above OT8. So Yeah, which presents a problem since Hubbard died in 1986. Yeah, and he was supposed to write all these OT levels and when he passed away, I think at that time they only had up to OT7. By, by the time Hubbard passed away in OT in uh, 1986, I think it was January, actually, 1986. Somebody yep. should look. I think this might even be, we might have just passed up the anniversary of um, Hubbard's uh, passing away, or it might just be coming up. Um, but I do remember that it was in uh, January. Um, I think it already passed, actually. I know for a fact it already passed. Oh, you know what's crazy? Yeah. He died, according to Wikipedia, on January twenty fourth, nineteen eighty six. Yes, which is Wednesday, which happens to be my nineteenth anniversary. I didn't realize I escaped on the day Elrond Hubbard died until just now, according to Wikipedia. <laughs> so we are going to do a live next week of Claire's. Well, we can do a live, or are we going to record it. Well, we're, we're going to release a, a video of Claire's escape. Yes. And it's going to be on the anniversary of her escape. 
which now we're finding out was right around uh, L. Ron Hubbard's. How uh, appropriate. I escaped line. on the day he died. There you go. <laughs> the anniversary of the, <laughs> the day. The anniversary of the day he okay. died. <laughs> so regardless, there's nothing past OT7 when he passes away. And then after he passed away, they did release what they called OT8. And it was um, pretty outrageous. And they actually revised it because it was sort of kind of crazy. And a lot of people um, in Scientology were like, what the hell is this? So we'll get to that at the end of this. But the reason why I'm telling you that is because um, we're not going to cover anything past OT8 because nothing after OT8 exists and it never will exist. And um, if it does end up, if Scientology ends up putting something out, um, it's probably going to be nonsense. Oh, and that was the other thing I wanted to tell you really quick is that in, in Scientology, David Miscavige has announced multiple times sort of milestones or uh, targets that needed to be obtained before he could release OT 9 and 10, just two of these unreleased ones, even though none of them exist. And in 2001, the requirement that was announced in the in a, in a publication called International Scientology News, which comes out usually in January, um, they will release an uh, and it, it's basically a summary of the New Year's event that David Miscavige did. Um, that's what's in this magazine called International Scientology News. But in 2001, he said all organizations in the world had to be St. Hill size. All Scientology organizations had to be the size of that organization um, that Hubbard ran in the 60s called St. Hill. That's the one in East Grinstead um, in, in England. And then the other requirement was that every single Scientologist had to be OT8. That's what the requirements that he listed out in 2001. And then since then, I think he changed it to they have to be ideal organizations instead of St. Hill's organizations because they couldn't get enough people into any of their organizations to make them the size of this one that L. Ron Hubbard was running in the 60s, um, which that alone sort of gives you an, an inclination of how Scientology has been run um, since Hubbard left. Yeah, they changed the, the focus on let's just renovate the building and make it look pretty. It doesn't matter how many people are in the building um let's just make it look nice and and which which i'm sure that, that there's another hubbard policy that says um that for all intents and purposes people hubbard believed that people in the real world if if scientology has really nice belongings and buildings that people will will recognize that and respect that just automatically yeah, that's, and that's that's not working out for them. <laughs> yeah, and it's actually kind of crazy if you know if you're in Scientology and you know how Scientology judges itself, it all has to do with the statistics of how many people they're getting into Scientology, how many clears and how many OTs they're making. That's sort of like the overall that's showing how Scientology is expanding. And David Miscavige has flipped that around to um, those numbers are all have been tanking since the 1980s full time. All of the new people in, all of the um, clears made and operating Thetan levels obtained, those statistics have all been crashing. The statistic that's been going up is the money that Scientology has been getting, 
and the real estate square footage. So now Scientology is like, we're expanding like never before. Yeah, their square footage is getting bigger, but there's no more people filling up that square footage. Yeah, so, and their bank account. Yeah. Okay, so state of clear. So once you get to the do the state of clear, that is really when you're now sort of, you're just about to start getting um, to, to learn the secrets in Scientology, the things that you, do, you will not learn or you will not be told about until you get to clear or above. And the way you used to go clear was you would get uh, what's called Dianetics. And Dianetics is based off of Dianetic Counseling or Dianetics Auditing, excuse me, is based off of the book Dianetics by L. Ron Hubbard, which was um, written in 1950. And so all the way up, until I want to say this, the, the 60s, the, like all throughout the, the decade of the 50s, it was all about making clears and Dianetics and Dianetics and clears. And then into the 60s, it kind of shifted into, oh, there might be something above clear. And so, and then after clear, you'd have to do all these things to get onto your OT levels, but let's cover clear. So it says the state of clear, Scientology description, achieving the state of clear means that a person has overcome the reactive mind and is complete control of their analytical mind. According to Hubbard, a clear is being a being who no longer has his own reactive mind and therefore suffers none of the ill effects the reactive mind can cause. Um, and then reality is just this person is doing Dianetics auditing and sometimes comes, um, also the clearing course is a way that you could audit out these engrams as well until there are none left. And this could take months or years depending on the person. Yep. So really at this point, Hubbard is saying, I figured it out. And for all of the 1950s, he's like, I really cracked clear. And when you, you, when Hubbard did thousands and thousands of lectures, and if you're in Scientology and you're doing any sort of training, you're made to listen to these lectures. And throughout all of the lectures in the 50s, even though he'd already written Dianetics and this is how you're going to get clear, he keeps saying, Oh, I figured it. Uh, I figured, <laughs> you know what? We were doing it wrong before, but I got a real good way now. And he would, it would constantly be revising and coming up with new techniques and tweaking things. And, and sort of the reason you're doing bad is because you have these engrams and you got to get rid of those. And once you get rid of those, you're clear. Okay. And now you can see after you do clear and you do all those other steps, now you get to do what's called operating Thetan level one, okay? And it says, and the way the chart lays out, it says what the number is, what the OT level is, OT1. Then it says what the name is, new section OT1, new OT1. And then it says right here, uh, clear, valid eligibility. This That's is the, the prerequisites. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So this little box is all of the things that you have to have already done in order to do this level. And so this is the map for the Scientologist. So they can kind of figure out, oh, if I've done this, 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 and this, these are the things I can do on this, this, this uh, chart. Yeah. And, and then one to- other key thing, the next column tells you whether it's a solo level, meaning that you're doing solo auditing, you're uh, for you're auditing yourself. So you're holding the cans, the two cans together in one hand, reading the meter and writing worksheets with the other hand. So OT1, 2, and 3 are all solo. 
Yeah, and that's why it says solo auditor is that's a course that you have to do to be able to do that (laughs) OT level. You have to do the solo auditor course. Yep. And then that next category is where. And so you can only do OT1 at advanced organizations. So that's Los Angeles, UK, Denmark, Australia, these places that have advanced organizations. And you can also do that at, at the... I want to say you can also do that at the flag org- organization now. They used to have it split up so you could only do certain things at certain places. But I think I want to say the flag land base in Clearwater in Florida, I think they gobbled up everything. So unless you're doing something below the OT levels, you can do it at flag. You can do you can do training stuff there. I don't know about the OT levels currently how they do it that Yeah. But it has to be an advanced organization. Oh, of course you can. Because they have an AO at flag. They have to flag AO. Right. So yeah. you can do it. There is a, there's a building that used to be next to the water called the, um, what was it called? That The Sandcastle. Sandcastle. Yeah. There's yeah. a big <laughs> building right next to the Sandcastle. It's, it's a good called, sign when you can't remember the name of that. It's building. awesome. Damn. When I can't remember <laughs> the name of a building that I've been to a gazillion <laughs> times. Um, okay, good. So then this is where OT1 is. So it's at the very bottom of this chart. And then, um, so what do you do on OT1? See, this is another thing. People have seen the South Park episode and all these things, but they never tell you what they do and all of this good stuff. And really, the South Park episode only covered a part of operating Thetan level three. So we're going to cover all of the operating Thetan levels. Yep. So it's a Scientology description. Extroverts a being and brings about an awareness of himself as a Thetan in relation to others and the physical universe. Now, this is a part that people get confused about, and that's why I wanted, we wanted to explain it. So the spirit in Scientology, that is called a Thetan. That's how they refer to themselves, the being. A Scientologist refers to the being as their Thetan. They, and if the person is talking, they are the Thetan. They're not their mind. They're not their body. They are the Thetan that's controlling the mind and the body. So that we're going to talk about a different type of Thetan later on, but I wanted to, there's a difference between the two and it's called Thetan. Like it's like, if you wanted to say Satan with a lisp, you would say Thetan. Um, and that's how you pronounce it in Scientology. Okay, Some people then. in South Park, they say Thetan. <laughs> Right. Yes. When we were in deposition during our lawsuit, the the lawyer said Thetan. And I'm like, wow, he is so clueless. Dead giveaway. When you don't know how to say a key word of Scientology, you're like, wow, they just brought you in, huh? (laughs) Yes. Okay. So this is, this is a short level in which one gets used to the procedure of solo auditing in which you are holding the cans of an e-meter in one hand, And so they have a little spacer in between the metal cans, a little plastic spacer. So you can hold half of one can in one hand and the other half in the other. And you just hold on right in the middle where that spacer is. And you're essentially auditing yourself on the e-meter. So usually when you're getting audited by the e-meter, a person is sitting across from you and they're the only ones who can see what's happening on the e-meter. When you start doing the operating Thetan levels, some of them you do on yourself. And that's called solo auditing. Yeah, actually, of the eight, most of them you do on yourself. Yeah. 
Okay, so it says uh, in which you are holding the cans of the e-meter in one hand and keeping worksheets on your other hand. That's just taking notes of the session, noting down what the needle is doing, etc. You are auditing yourself on this level. The idea is to do a few simple solo sessions to the result of expected floating needle, very good indicators, cognition. So yeah. OT1, so you're really just doing a practice run yeah. of some simple lower level procedures, but now you're doing it on yourself. So you have to prove that. You can do that before they're going to show you the super secret stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of mental <laughs> gymnastics. They want to make with... sure that you're cooperating with like, yay, that was wonderful, you know? <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. So the same, the next step is OT2. Um, the prereq is OT1. You have to have done the solo auditor course. You can do it at the AO. And the, the description is ability to confront the whole track. Okay. So now... This is key because all the way up until now, everything you do in Dianetics and all these different things, that's to get rid of these engrams in this life. And everything that's holding you back in this life has to do with the engrams that you've recorded and you've stored up in this life. Now, when you get onto the operating Thetan levels, you find out, no, 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 we're talking about trillions and trillions of years of history and you have to be able to move along that history and that history that you go back and forth on when you're doing these operating Thetan levels is called the whole track or the track, or sometimes it's referred to as the back track. And that's just your time track. Yeah. Okay. Though, then, though, though to clarify, you could, in, in Dianetics auditing, you could go to earlier lifetimes. It's not, it's not like... Um, but, but yes, now but it was not required. Right. And Hubbard that. hadn't concocted these crazy stories of what happened 75 million years ago that justified creating whole new levels that, Hey, let's, let's yeah. start raking in the money. These first two operating Phaeton levels, they're just kind of warming you up for the crazy that's going to come. Well, I don't know. The second one is pretty crazy. <laughs> well, okay. Let's read it here. It OT1. OT1 is just the warm up. Like yeah, dip OT1. your toe in the water. Well, even you know, this one, because he's, <laughs> he's kind of sprinkling in some goodies, but he hasn't really, he hasn't <laughs> really fair. told you everything yet. Yeah. So he says in reality, Dianetics Hubbard referred to as the idea of circuits or demon circuits, the existence of disparate, entities attached to a person he doesn't say he never doesn't say anything about body things he's just talking True. about these entities and these demon circuits and you're kind of like what the hell it says this belief comes into its own on the ot levels although on the clearing course the person has theoretically audited out his own reactive mind on ot2 he now has to deal with the reactive minds of these beings, these entities or demons attached to him. It is done in much in the same way as it is done on the solo and clearing course. And then it says, um, in order to get rid of these things, you have to do this, this list. You list all these tables of what are called implants. There's another word they use for it in, in Scientology. And if we get into that, it's going to take seven hours. It is the most confusing thing. A lot of people in Scientology get this implant thing is really crazy. But Hubbard listed out these implants that you have to go through and get rid of. 
in on this OT2, on this operating Thetan level. And I'm just going to read the list of these because they are amazing. <laughs> There's some really good ones in here, guys. So I'm going to try to keep a straight face when I read these, but we might have to make some comments on this. This is, th this is definitely... Um, these are brain benders, guys. This is real stuff. And we're going to show you some L. Ron Hubbard handwritten notes. To, so you guys are like, well, where are they getting this? This is from the, the materials of Scientology. Um, okay, so it says on OT2, Hubbard gives a series of tables of implants, which must now be audited. And this happens on the e-meter. All this stuff has to take place on the e-meter. And, By yourself. And, you're doing yeah. it. <laughs> you're asking yourself. You're trying to find these implants yourself. Yep. Okay, now I'm just going to give you the list of them. And then we'll we'll cover like two or three of them and then we'll move on. We're not going to go through every single one of these. So there's the, uh, I'm not going to say implant either. We, we don't want to twist our brains that to that level. It's like, yeah. oh, oh my yeah. gosh. I'm, I forgot to tell you, a trigger warning for all you Scientologists. In Scientology, if you're uh, if you find out about any of these things before you're ready, you're supposed to get either pneumonia or depending on which level it is spontaneously combust. So um, if you don't want to spontaneously combust or get pneumonia and you're a Scientologist and you think that's reality, then uh, sw switch back over to uh, whatever. Scroll along. Scroll along. If you so, if you're so concerned, now, still one of my favorite moments after we left was when you were, you watched the South park episode and you were yeah. like, is this for real? And I was like, yeah, eh. it. He's like, "Why didn't you say anything?" I'm like, "Well, duh. What kind of a question is that? Like, we that would have made me a suppressive, and I never would have talked to you ever again. So, yeah, that that's a reason." And then you were like, "Okay, well, I'm going to do a test. I'm going to read all the OT levels overnight. If I'm dead in the morning, I take it all back." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like, "Great, thanks, honey. Yep. That's and wonderful." The next morning, I woke up. I was like, "Not even a sniffle." It's full. <laughs> um, okay, so there's the electrical implant, the talkie, the big being, the house, the psycho, the banky, forerunner, the arrow, double rod implant. This one's the best, guys. Um, now, if you're listening <laughs> and you're on the podcast, um, you can't see what's on the screen. But the next implant is called the woman implant. <laughs> okay. And there's the white black sphere, the hot cold, the laughter calm, the dance mob implant. That one is the most insane one I've ever heard of, the dance mob implant. Mm -hmm. Basic, basic, basic. There's a basic, basic in one. So it's called, it says it's the basic, basic implant. And then there's another implant that's just called the basic implant. It's, just, it's half as basic as that first one. Um, and then there's the command the lower LP, the LP, the body, and the lower bank implant. Okay. Yeah. Now, this is okay. The first let, yeah. Let me make a side comment real quick. Yeah. So as, as most people know, I was born into Scientology. My mom joined the C organization when I was four years old. So I grew up with the few that the two adults that were responsible for running, you know, or supervising quote unquote, 40 to 50 kids, um, they would always say, don't be banky. And I'm just realizing this is the only time I've ever seen that word written. Yeah. In Scientology banky. Hubbard writings. Yeah. Yeah. I, I knew well, what it meant. where it came from. Banky. Yeah, it's crazy. Crazy. <sighs> okay. Yeah. Let's go to the next one. 
Okay, so operating thing level two, the student is given an explanation for each of these incidents. The instructions for auditing them is the same as on the clearing course. Each of these items is read aloud to oneself and the e-meter reads are marked down until the item no longer reads. So you read a list. So you don't actually read it out loud. You, um, you, telep you telepathically read it to yourself. I well, know it sounds really bizarre, but that's what you, you do. can read it aloud to yourself or you can just read it to yourself. But when you're doing solo auditing, you're just reading it. And, and, and when you're done reading a word, when, and when something happens on the needle, that's when, if it, if the needle does something, then it read, if the needle doesn't do anything, then you could just mark it off. So you only read, you only have to go in and do stuff on the ones that make the needle do something on the e-meter. Yep. So you might not have any of those woman implants. You might not have to do anything or you could spend two years just running woman implants. So it could go <laughs> either way. And you're your own, you're, you're your own checker of these things. Um, if you, if you're doing one of these levels, uh, when I'll, we'll talk about that later on, but some of these levels take years. So you have to go into the organization every six months and get a check to make sure you're still doing good and you haven't gone completely bonkers. When you're doing these lower levels, these only take a few weeks or months. So you're going to be, and you're going to be doing it um, in your area or you're going to the local advanced organization to do these things. Okay, next one. Okay, so the explanation for the electrical implant states that it has electrical shock to convince a Thetan he should think of himself as an electrical being. The date of this implant is given by Hubbard as the 210th million 866th. Various commands are given to audit, including create, and then it's having to do with shock. So you're reading, you're reading these commands, create shock, create no shock, destroy shock, destroy no shock, love shock, love no shock. You're reading all these things to yourself if this implant, the electrical implant read, and you have to do this until there's no more, the needle isn't doing anything anymore. Yeah. Rightly or wrongly, I understood it as create, and then you're given a shock at concurrently to that word. So uh, anyway, whatever. You mean you're given a shock? <laughs> Where are you getting the shock? It's from? electrical shock. It's part of the implant. <laughs> okay, Whatever. Let's, let's it's a one. deep, deep dive into nonsense right here, folks. <laughs> the laughter calm implant is described as having taken place 19,670 trillion years ago. This takes place in a cave. It is seventh, seven to one eighths of a second in duration. It has screams of laughter, very wild and calm. It is a pole with a split in it. Laughter comes from the rear half and calm from the front half simultaneously. They then reverse. It gives one a sensation of total disagreement. The trick is to conceive of both at the same time. This tends to knock one out. I'm telling you guys. The amount of gobbledygook and nonsense in here, mental uh, gymnastics is insane. Okay, this is the last one. I, I had to show this one just because I thought this one was insane. Um, the, dance mob, the dance mob implant is given as occurring eight 
18,992 trillion years ago, the duration is seven eighths of a second. There is a pole that pulls one in, one is caught on the pole. The actual incident is, is in connecting with this thing and trying to get off it. The dancing comes after the actual incident and consists of a mob dancing around one, chanting various things. In running this, get to the phrases that are chanted. Sounds like Burning Man to me. I don't know a lot about um, Burning Man, but that's what I would imagine it is. Okay. Um, the, the dancing. Comes. Oh, boy. Anyway, guys, this. If your brain's aching, you're not the only one. <laughs> this is what Scientologists are training their whole entire lives and paying millions of dollars to get and start doing. This is it. This is what they're paying for. This is what they're going in and reading. And then when they're coming out, they're like, oh, I've got the secrets to the universe right now. Okay. Operating. Yeah, and, and again, you know, hey, to each their own, there's a lot of crazy beliefs out there, but don't turn it into a tax exempt multi-billion dollar cult that hurts and destroys people just to yeah. put the focus where the focus belongs. Also, I want to make sure that you know that Hubbard is the one coming up with these things. And the way he's testing it is on himself. That's how he's coming up with these things. He's writing and doing these things. And then he's researching, quote unquote, by holding the cans and thinking up all this nonsense. And then when something happens, he's like, okay, that worked. And then he's codifying that and having other people do it. He, and, and this will be, I will, I'll give you a, a, an overall assessment at the end, but this is really Hubbard trying to make himself not crazy and and realizing that he can do this with other people and charge them for it until a certain point. Okay. Mm. Okay. OT three. Now this is where we get into the, this is where we get that. Basically this is the first time in Scientology where you're like, um, Okay, like Hubbard's up until this point, he talks about trillions of years ago and doing stuff out over on the the rings of Saturn and all this other stuff he talks about in lectures. But this is where he gets into specific alien technology and uh, activities. And this is Hubbard's handwritten uh, notes of operating Phaeton level three. This is it. He talks about the head of the Galactic Federation, 76 planets around larger stars, all of this. He, it's, it's in his handwriting. So when when this first came out, Scientology was like, no, that's not. Um, that's they not. said that's squirrel. Like some like people that left just changed it, altered it, whatever. It's not really what it is. Yeah. <laughs> that's and why so, we included L. Ron Hubbard's handwriting here. Whatever. Yeah, well, and also they said. <laughs> That has nothing to do with Scientology, but you can't talk about it because that's a that's a it's a religious secret. Those are sa sacred texts. You're like, so it's not real, but it's your sacred text, or is it your sacred text because it's real? Like you guys can't have it both ways. It can't not be real, and you can't let us talk about it. Okay, so then this is where it says, um, operating Thetan level three is the return of full self determinism, freedom from overwhelm. On the third OT level, OT3, known in Scientology as the wall of fire, is the level to which Scientologists look forward most eagerly. For it is on this level that Hubbard promises they will at least learn the great secret of this sector of the universe. 
A great deal of mythology surrounds this level. According to Hubbard, it is the long-lost secret that accounts for the current degraded condition of man. So at this point, it was engrams, engrams, engrams. Then we start sprinkling a little bit of these demons or these implants. And then you find out, oh, this is all from this dude, Zenu. Zenu is the one who, <clears throat> who did all this stuff. And then that's where you go. Uh, once you know the secret of OT3, Hubbard promises you will then understand the world today and why it is the way it is. Um, security is strictly enforced on this level. The OT3 materials are kept in a locked room inside the advanced organizations. When carried outside the organization, they must always be kept in a locked briefcase and the contents never revealed to anyone outside the organization or even to anyone inside the organization, not yet on this level. This could take a month. So this, this level does take a while. It's not a quick, you know, in and out in a few days. This one, you got to do it. And this, and this is the quote um, from that handwritten thing. It says, the head of the Galactic Confederation, 76 planet around larger stars visible from here, founded 95, is that billion? Million. Founded. Uh, lost 90, oh, yeah, 95 million. 95 million years ago, very space opera. Whenever Hubbard talks about something that happened outside of earth it's like very space opera there's a lot of space opera stuff happening over here um very space opera solved overpopulation 250 billion or so per planet 178 billion on average by mass implanting so this is so the way they solved this overpopulation was by implanting these people and the way they did this implanting was they caused people this is all xenu who did all this lord xenu Galactic Lord Zenu, whatever you want to call him. He caused people to be brought into TGAC. That's what Earth was called 75 million years ago. And put into an H-bomb on the principal volcanoes, Incident 2. And then the Pacific ones were taken into boxes to Hawaii. And the Atlantic ones to Las Palmas. And there they were packaged, quote unquote. This is all Hubbard saying all this. His name was Zenu. He used renegades, various misleading data by means of circuits, etc., was placed in the implants. When through with his crime, loyal officers to the people captured him after six years of battle and put him in an electronic mountain trap where he still is. They are gone. The place, the Confederacy, has since been a desert. So supposedly the loyal officers which, by the way, when Hubbard did die in 1986, an issue like a Scientology um, uh, policy or uh, directive came out and it assigned Pat and Annie Broker as the heads of Scientology because they were the first loyal officers. And that's what the order, they were both assigned condition of loyal officer or something. And then they took over Scientology. And then like a week later, David Miscavige canceled that and said, oh, that was, a, that was a screw up. That was a mess up. We weren't supposed to do that. <laughs> and then he took over. Okay. Uh, yep. Ron Hubbard quote continued. The length and brutality of it was all such that this confederation never recovered. The implant is calculated to kill by pneumonia, et cetera, anyone who attempts to solve it. This liability has been dispensed with by my tech development. 
This is what L. Ron Hubbard's saying. The reason no one could figure out this whole Xenu thing was because any time somebody was about to figure it out, they would get pneumonia and die. And somehow, Fuddy Duddy over here managed to like <laughs> short circuit the old pneumonia trap um, with his tech development, quote unquote. He says, one can freewheel through the implant and die unless it is approached as precisely outlined. The freewheel, auto running on and on, lasts too long, denies sleep, etc., and one dies. Oh, and by the way, interesting side note, if anybody in the, who, any Scientologist was on OT3 and then either said, that's it, I don't believe this anymore, I'm out leave Scientology, or in my case, break, broke my leg. It's all assigned to this, oh, you're a bad auditor and you're freewheeling. And you just, you're, you're uh... anyway, <laughs> of course, the smoke and mirrors, everything is your own fault within Scientology. Any critical thought is because you've done bad things. Any other, anyway, whatever, there you go. Oh, you're muted. Okay, so in, he says, in December 67, I knew somebody had to take the plunge. I did and emerged very knocked out, but alive. Probably the only one ever to do so in 75 million years. I have all the data now, but only that given here is, I have all the data now, but only that given here is needful. Good luck. Okay, so this is what Hubbard said about this operating Thetan level two, uh, level three. And, and then later on after that, he wrote a bunch of other things. I'm just going to show you this because this is kind of more detail than I think is in a lot of places where people could just, you know, pop onto YouTube and read. It says in the subsequent OT3 bulletins, Hubbard explains further, millions of years ago, an evil dictator of the Galactic Federation decided to solve the overpopulation problem in his galaxy by rounding up people, freezing them, and shipping them to Earth on spaceships. They were deposited on two volcanoes, one at Las Palmas and one in Hawaii. Then nuclear explosions were set off, blowing these frozen souls into the stratosphere, where they were collected by electronic ribbons force fields and brought back to earth where they were packaged into clusters after packaging they were subjected to implants in which they were shown many different scenes on huge screens then they were released and so according to hubbard the great secret of this sector of the universe is that each person on earth is not just a single person but a collection cluster of hundreds of different entities okay that's where body thetans come in. So you have your own thetan, that's you, and then these uh, soul-sucking soul hitchhikers, or what do you want, soul squatters, <laughs> these soul squatters are BTs. They're just hanging out on you. And so you realize, you find out in OT3, oh, I got to get rid of these soul squatters, these space cooties, the body thetans, the BTs. And, um, and that's why... Um, you know, people say in Scientology that L. Ron Hubbard is the God and Xenu is like Satan. Um, Xenu's just some dude that was just floating around doing his own thing in his own galaxy. And then he brought all these people here. Hubbard, and they say he locked, they locked him up. So he's not really a bad guy anymore. He's like a historical figure, like a bad guy. And by the way, 
he broke out of that mountaintop years and years and years ago. He, we've been hanging out all the time. Okay, so don't worry about Xenu. The batteries on that electronic trap, they died a long time ago. They weren't, you know, they weren't lithium ion or anything. Okay, um, this place... Oh, this is just, I think this is the last piece of this. This places all earlier auditing in Scientology into a different perspective. The real goal of, up, of auditing up to clear has been to isolate the dominant entity, the I from the pack, and clear him first. The entities attached to the person are called body thetans in Scientology. On OT3, the Scientologist learns how to, while connected to the E-meter, to locate and contact these visible entities and to audit them through the nuclear explosion and implant that occurred 75 million years ago. As a result, according to Hubbard, the entity becomes free to fly off and to live a life of its own. To do this, the Scientologist alone in a locked room and hooked up to the E-meter telepathically locates an entity attached to some part of his body. He asks the entity telepathically which volcano he was taken to, Las Palmas or Hawaii, while at the same time watching for reads on the E-meter. Okay, now this is the part that's never been covered before. So you're supposed to audit these things, but what are you doing? You're giving them a quiz on which volcano they went to. That's literally how you figure out which list that you're going to run is by finding out which volcano they went to. And it says he must... And, and the list of volcanoes is highly inaccurate, by the way. Yeah, well, there weren't even volcanoes there when this happened 75 <laughs> years ago, which is a, a real big clue that there is a whole bunch of, besides all the other thousands of clues we've had up to this point, there is some BS happening in here. Not a whole yeah. lot of scientists had, had to, <laughs> were involved yeah. in the creation of this level. Oh my goodness. You must telepathically audit the entity through incident two. This is, I love this too, because he starts with incident two. Wait till you find out what the next incident is. Um, he must telepathic, telepathically audit the in entity through incident two, which includes the following sequence. H-bomb dropped on volcano, explosion, terrific winds, Thetan carried over peak, electronic ribbon came up, he stuck to it, it was then pulled down, and he was implanted with R6. And that's one of these implants that he's going to talk about. Okay, so depending on which... Uh, volcano it was then you ask him this and then the next thing if if he doesn't leave like if he doesn't that was that first step was the soul eviction notice okay so if he doesn't go through with the eviction after you give him you run the first eviction notice well then you have to step it up and you have to call in the soul sheriff to physically evict him and that's called the entity does not leave after auditing him on incident two it is then necessary to audit this entity on an earlier implant, which occurred, occurred four quadrillion years ago, called Incident 1. So then you have to go, instead of going back 750 million years, now you got to go back four quadrillion years and talk to this dude. And that consists of loud snap, waves of light, chariot comes out, turns right and left, Cherub comes out, blows horn, comes close, shattering series of snaps. Cherub fades black, retreats. Fades back, yeah. And then blackness dumped on Phaeton. 
Okay. Awfully elaborate. And by the way, just as a side comment, um, factoring in that I've never talked to somebody who uh, is still in Scientology about this this stuff, but I've never met somebody that was that believes in it. That even even bought it, you know. I don't know. It's kind of like uh, once you walk into the room, the only way out of the room is through the other door, and you have to be like, "Woohoo, that was amazing!" Anyway, that's kind of the trap of it. Yeah, it's kind of wild. Yeah. Okay. So now, because Hubbard says that each person on Earth has hundreds of body thetans, Scientologists can spend a hundred hours or more auditing on OT three. The result, in theory, of being freed from all one's body things is that one should be able to exteriorize or go out of one's body at will. Although many Scientologists claim this ability, there is in Scientology no objective test to determine if this ability has ever been achieved. The purpose of the remaining OT levels is to reorient the newly exteriorized Thetan, quote unquote, with the physical universe and through a series of drills to help him regain his long lost powers. Okay. So they are first, they tell you it's engrams. Okay. Oh, we got to get rid of the engrams. Those are the things making you wild. Then you do that. You get rid of all the engrams. And then they say, eh, well, there's some other things that are happening. And then you find out, Oh, it's the BTs. That's what's doing it. So you got to evict all the BTs, all the soul squatters, Get them soul, out of there. Soul squatters. <laughs> and now it's time for OT4. Okay, now this oh is the... It, it's it's a full-time bait and switch with these guys. <laughs> OT4. And this is called... And this is... this. I mean, this is really... Like, if you didn't take all the other warning signs, this should be a good warning sign for you. Okay? We're about to level up to more crazy. Okay. OT4 is called the OT drug rundown. Okay, now how you think, oh, there's OT drugs? No, there's not OT drugs. Yeah, and and we, what we should emphasize here is so uh, OT3, I think, I can't remember how many hours it was exactly, but you had to at least do two or 300 hours, I think, um, to finish that level. <clears throat> so you had to audit, every, do it every day, day in, day out. And then at the end of that, you're like, oh, great. I have no more BTs. They're all gone. No more body thetans. And yeah, that's so, how you finish is yes, that you have no more they're body They're all gone. They're all, all gone. body thetans are gone. Yeah. It's like, okay, good. You're good. You finished OT3. And you're done with OT3. And at the end of OT3, you're like, whew, I'm going to be amazing now because all these soul squatters are gone. All the space cootie BTs, yeah. they're gone. They're out. I and, got no more people affecting me. And not only that. Be like, thank God, I'm done with all that incident one and two nonsense. Finally, I can get on to whatever the next thing is that's really going to make me <laughs> have superpowers okay. no. because that didn't do it. <laughs> and it says on this, it says OT4, the OT drug rundown, OT lev levels, processes for the handling of drugs, medicines, and alcohol. And the prerequisites are OT3 and the purification rundown. So now this is key because some people don't, um, the purification rundown is one of the very first things you have to do in Scientology. And you go sit in the sauna and you sweat and you take oils and vitamins. And then supposedly you get all the drugs out of your system. Well, if you did that 20 years ago, and now you've been in Scientology all this time trying to get to the OT levels, and now you get to OT4, 
you have to go back and do the purification rundown again if you went to the dentist and got Novocaine or if you had a surgery and they had to do general anesthesia. You're you're done. You got to now re you got to redo the purification rundown. And when you find out what we're going to do on this, it makes no sense that you have to do the purification rundown because well, we'll get to that. So Hubbard, the prerequisite is the Hubbard Advanced Course Review Auditor. Um, you have to do this OT4 level has to be done at an advanced organization. And then the, the stated product of this is eradication of the last vestiges of the effects of drugs on the being. Okay. Now let's find out. OT4 is also referred to as the OT drug rundown. This level is delivered by an auditor as different to the OT1 through 3, which were all done solo audited. Though the end phenomena of OT3 is that you have no more body thetans, BTs, now you learn that some you still have body thetans who were stuck because of drugs. So, of course, you get rid of all these soul squatters, but then you find out that some of these soul soul squatters were druggy soul squatters. And now you have to get rid of that. You have to handle their drugs, their past drug use before you can do the final eviction of them. Okay. Wow. The purpose of this level is to find and audit those BTs who didn't leave because of drugs. Now, does it mean that they had their own drugs or your drugs? They were attached to your drugs. Could have been either both. Okay. Yeah. Either or or both, whichever. So I know. Because <laughs> yeah. I've got maybe the audio BTs that sometimes get here in the stream. They could be <laughs> druggy BTs. I don't know. They could just be um, left over from the 70s when they just didn't have as good sound. Um, okay. So now operating level, operating Thetan OT5. OT5 also referred to as knots, new era Dianetics for OTs. Okay, and this How is about where, that like acronym with an acronym. Nuts. I know it's new literally. era Dianetics for operating things. Holy moly, guys! How do we? How did we? It's just it's it's absolutely utterly embarrassing to think that we lived in this for thirty years. <sighs> yeah. Okay. So on OT five, um, the, the the prerequisites are just the materials of OT five, the second wall of fire. Oh, that's right. They also refer to this as the second wall of fire yeah ot3 is the wall of fire and now ot5 is the second wall of fire yeah and now in order to get audited on this or is it say it says class what is it class nine ned for ot's auditor advanced organizations so on ot5 you get audited again yes okay so this is not a solo so you have to have a person who is a class nine or above auditor that audits OT5 on you. Yep. And this has to be done in advanced organizations. And the completion of new OT5 rundowns and ready to begin solo NED for OTs. So then you have to do solo. And by the way, yeah, just to pause for a moment. So the classifications of the auditor or the counselor in Scientology is class one to 12. And so... This level, you have to be class nine or above. Class 12 is the highest you can be, just for context. Okay, good. 
Okay, so let's see what it says. OT5, known, also known as NOTS, or New Era Dianetics for OTs, is an audited level which addresses body thetans and clusters who did not leave because they have engrams, reactive minds, or other related reasons for not having already left. Okay, <laughs> so first of all, that's why I want to make sure you guys are keeping track, keeping score here. First, we get engrams. We're going to get rid of the engrams. We're, we're going to be amazing. Now you got these things called body things. Okay, we're going to get rid of them. Got rid of them. Now there's some druggy ones. Oh, got to get rid of the druggy ones. We get rid of the druggy ones. Now there's some of the BTs. They actually have engrams and reactive minds. So now you have to get rid of their engrams and their reactive minds. Are you kidding me right now? Okay. If this is not a warning sign, okay, there's this, I'm telling you, it's all about the warnings. Okay? Yeah, yeah. People are just skipping over and going, oh, I'm going to get it on the next one. And that is a, a thing in Scientology. You get to your OT3 and you, you look at these people and you go, those guys don't have any powers. I'm telling you, I could run circles around this guy. He's an OT8 and he can't organize himself out of a wet paper bag. And I'm a nobody. I ain't even read Dianetics. I can run circles around him. It's not a good look, Scientology. I'm just saying. Okay, next. Operating Phaeton level six. Okay. If you didn't get rid of all the BTs in operating <laughs> level five, we're going to find out what happens. What are you doing? <gasps> so now you're back in the course room mm -hmm. because of course, um, presuming that you're going to be dealing with more body Thetans, that means you need to become a better auditor, a better solo auditor. So yep. now you're going to so go all... through a whole new expanded version of training yourself to become a better solo auditor. <laughs> yeah, so you're not talking to BTs anymore on this one. You're just getting more training, more more solo auditor training so that you can go back in there and get back to the BTs again. And that's where OT7 comes in. Okay, so now OT7 is, I want to say between clear, there's there's kind of like places where people get rid, they, they bum, they, they, uh, they bust out of Scientology. Before they get to, there's tons, most Scientologists are out before they even get to clear. Okay. Yep. Then there's a percentage when they get clear, they're like, I'm out, I'm done now. And they, they bail there. And then the next stop where people bug out is OT3. Okay. Now, if you get through all those and you get through OT3 and you're still like, I think I'm still going to get OT powers. When people get to OT7, that is the final like filter that most Scientologists, either they stop doing Scientology or they leave Scientology altogether, is OT7. Because they're doing this where they're solo auditing. It says OT7 is a solo level, again, addressing BTs and clusters. Yep, you have more of those again. And now some people all these other levels of the operating Phaeton levels, they could take months or they could take weeks or they could take a year. OT7 could go on for decades. I think Tom Cruise himself was on OT7 for years and years and years and years, trying to get rid of all these BTs. Yeah. And don't forget on this level is every six months, you're going to Clearwater, Florida, to get interrogated to make sure you haven't been watching any YouTube or reading anything on the internet about Scientology or deciding you don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, so you can so you can do this. OT seven can go on and on and on and on. And uh, and and Tom Cruise reportedly he is OT eight now. He's done everything. Um, David Miscavige, when we were there in um, nineteen ninety, I want to say nineteen ninety 1990, he was getting audited by different people at the international headquarters. And he wasn't yet, at that time, he supposedly wasn't yet OT8. I was told that he was on the upper OT levels. But after 1993, all of the people that were assigned to auditing him were gone. And throughout 1993 until 2005, they were always trying to find another person that could audit David Miscavige. And that person would never be approved to audit David Miscavige. So from 1993 forward, it is pretty accurately been conveyed that David Miscavige has not been audited by anybody else. Yeah. In 1993, someone told him, hey, you need to go in for counseling. And he threw a fit and had that person given a committee of evidence, which is like a court martial. Guilty, guilty, period. It's not proven anything. You're just guilty. Okay. So now we go to the last, what? some people could call real OT level, even though these are all been made up by Hubbard. So who cares if he wrote, who cares if he wrote another eight of these things up to OT 15 or seven or eight of these Right. <laughs> they were batshit wild all the way up until this point. So it's not like he's going to, they could literally just make something up and it wouldn't be too, it, could, it just has to be insane. And it could be OT nine or OT 10, but this one is called truth revealed. And the materials, the, the what you need is the materials of OT8. You have to have done OT7 and this, and you have to have done solo NED for OTs. That's OT6 and OT7, trained on new OT8. Uh, Flagship service org only. Oh, this is, this is audited. This is not solo. Yep. And it's only on the free ones. And that's right. Okay. So now this one can Just so only you can get your done. daily dose of asbestos while you've also spent <laughs> millions of dollars to get this far. <laughs> yeah. Now this was only allowed to be done on the free winds, which is this cruise ship they sail around. But whenever the cruise ship is in dry dock, they do this at flag. They've also done it at hotels in Curacao when the when the, the free winds was in dry dock or something. You'd fly all the way there and you'd go to the ship and they'd be like, oh, the ship's in dry dock. And you go, I'm here to do OT8. They'd be like, oh, yeah, you're just going to do it at the uh, the Curacao Inn over here <laughs> where the supervisors set up. It's Motel 6. <laughs> oh, t- should be Motel 8. Um, Handles, the primary reason for... I see what you did there. (laughs) Yeah, the product of this level is Handles, the primary reason for amnesia on the whole track. Okay, so up until this point, you've been getting rid of engrams, you've been getting rid of BTs, you get rid of BTs with engrams, you've been getting rid of BTs with drugs, and you get BTs just frankly, just have a bad attitude. They don't want to leave. They've been here for 75 million years. Why leave now? Okay. So now on OT8, the original version authored by Hubbard himself created a furor among Scientologists because of the several claims he made that horribly upset, quote unquote, early participants. He would return from the grave and in Messiah-like role, stop an impending apocalyptic alien invasion by the Galactic Confederacy, implying that the historical Jesus 
was a, I'm not going to say the word, but he liked dudes and was also liked um, do, um, doing essay on smaller people, mm-hmm. apparently identifying himself with the Antichrist, warning that someone attempting this auditing level without being prepared may spontaneously combust and implying that this was the last OT level Hubbard intended to publish. The Church of Scientology asserts that the version of OT8 provided in the Fishman affidavit is a forgery, but numerous early participants, as well as Mark Rathbun, former Inspector General of the Religious Technology Center, RTC, have confirmed the document is authentic and its copyright is verifiable at the United States Post uh, Copyright Office. Okay, so now, because of this... um, it was basically like uh, they re- the, uh, what the story is, is that there was one version of OT8 and then people were like freaking out, like you can't say this. And then they revised it and whatever they did to revise it, the people that have done it and that have come out have basically said on OT8, you find out, you come to the cognition that you are a God and that you created the reactive minds you created the BTs, you created the drug, you created everything as this, as this super supreme being. So instead of all to yourself. Yeah. So you (laughs) did all this. So first it was the uh, back again, first it was the engrams, then it was the BTs, then it was the BTs with engrams, the BTs with drug, all this stuff. And now when you get to OT8, you're like, no, no, it was all made up. You did it all. You created all of it. Like you could have told me that at the beginning. You don't have why I have to go through like you you literally did all these locating it and doing this and doing they were all made up by you. You created all of it. That is what you learn on OT8. And so remember I said there's these kind of like ledges where people fall off out of Scientology. Well, when you get to OT8 and you see these OT8s when you're in Scientology, it's usually the rich Scientologists because in order to get to OT8, you have to be rich. So the most successful Scientologists are usually the OT7s and the OT8s because they can afford to get to that point. And most of these people, while they may be, I mean, some of them may have just had money, like they had family money or whatever. Some of these people are actually decent business uh, or company owners that make enough money to be able to do all this nonsense, but they ain't moving anything with their mind. They ain't finding the good parking spots in LA. None of that stuff's happening because they have no powers. They don't have um, OT powers. That's what you In Scientology, that's what you're trying to get. The people that are paying money to do Scientology, they want them OT powers. They want them superhero stuff. No one in Scientology is a superhero. They none of them have powers, Mm -hmm. even though they think they can find good parking spots and um, you know stuff like that. There is in one of there was also uh, other versions of OT levels before the ones we read, and one of them was like one of the drills you would do was. postulate finding or locating somebody that you knew from years ago and then telepathically telepathically tell them to send you a letter okay and so then you'd get a letter from somebody in your past and you'd be like oh my god i did that you know like those are the kind of (laughs) but so so i have a question though if you 
<laughs> if you don't say who it was and you just randomly get a letter, you're like, oh yeah, it was that person. Sorry, That's what I'm I, saying. Like, I, you know, another OT7. <laughs> like you didn't have to call like, the, the eight ball spot, you know, or whatever you call it. You didn't have to call the corner. <laughs> That's right. That's what I'm saying. It's like, <laughs> you know, I did call it. No, I didn't hear you call it. No, no. Yeah, I, I, I didn't say it out loud. No. Oh, you like, just heard me. Hey, I got a letter yeah. from Bill. So by the way, by know. the way, I this is a, a silly comment, but I'm looking at this screenshot and I just am laughing at the fact that the ability gained for OT 9 to 15, confidential until released. Yeah, oh, isn't so, that rich? <laughs> yeah. So when they released this grade chart in the, I guess I want to say it came out in like the 70s or the 80s. Yeah. They only knew, well, this must have been the 80s because then they knew about OT 8, but they never knew. OT nine or 10, no one in Scientology has ever known what those are. No one, including L. Ron Hubbard. They were, it was an idea that Hubbard had, like, I'm going to do all these. Okay. Now, let me see. I don't think this, this is the last slide for this, but the other thing I wanted to tell you guys is that when Hubbard was living in exile because he was afraid that the FBI were going to track him down and arrest him. And he, there were Scientology was being sued and he'd already been, L. Ron Hubbard had been convicted in multiple countries of fraud and theft and all kinds of things. And so from, I want to say about 19, the late 1970s to 1986, he was in isolation. He was hanging out with two or three other Sea Org members that were taking care of him. And that was it. There was not a, he wasn't going and doing lectures or going to Scientology organizations and telling them about, no, he wasn't doing nothing, but he was running. He thought he was running Scientology from isolation, even though David Miscavige had been kind of making moves and doing stuff on his own. There was even, a, there's a document, I have to find it. We might have to do a video about that. But there's a document where Hubbard assigned all of the copyrights, copyrights or trademarks, one of the, or both, to Art Religious Technology Center. That was the trademarks. The trademarks. He assigned all the yeah. trademarks of Scientology to Religious Technology Center. Now, at the time, David Miscavige was the chairman of the board author services, which was L. Ron Hubbard's lit literary agency that cashed all the checks on all his writings and um, uh, royalties. Okay, the document that L. Ron Hubbard, quote unquote, signed transferring the trademarks to Religious Technology Center was notarized by a notary public. The notary public was David Miscavige. Mm -hmm. And an expert reviewed L. Ron Hubbard's signature and um, and said it was a forgery and that likely the signature of L. Ron Hubbard was the same person who signed as the notary, okay, <laughs> which was David Miscavige. Okay, if that alone doesn't tell you, tell you something up. And I think that happened, I want to say that happened in like 1981 or 1982 or something like that, when that document was uh, called into question. Um, okay, so then... Um, these are all these other operating level Thetans after eight. So you can see eight at the bottom, and then it has OT9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Okay, and none of these have ever come out. Now, this alone is sort of the thing that should be a heads up to Scientologists that since the, or the 1980s, this has never been revised. At the international base, 
Hubbard would talk about the, or, or not Hubbard, Miscavige would talk about this endlessly about these upper OT levels and when they would be released and all this other stuff. But everybody there was like, what's he talking about? Cause we, we don't got nothing. We don't have any of these things. So this is another one of these things in Scientology, which it will, there will never be these upper OT levels. They don't exist. Hubbard didn't write them. Oh, the thing I was going to say when he was in that period from the late seventies, nineties, instead of write these, all these OT levels, Hubbard wrote battlefield earth and he wrote mission earth okay now these ot levels all of these ot levels that we've talked about the the past ones ot1 through ot8 they were pages maybe tens of pages of writings the battlefield earth and mission earth is tens of thousands of pages of insane science fiction. So instead of write these OT levels up, Hubbard chose to write science fiction instead after doing all this other nonsense. And then the only last thing that I want to say is that when he was at that ranch in Creston, there was a guy that was supposed to take care of him and his name was Sarge. And uh, uh, Sarge was like his handyman and Annie and Pat Broker were there taking care of L. Ron Hubbard's dealings and communications going back and forth and all that other stuff. And there was a few other people there well, as well. But Serge, Serge or Sarge was um, tasked by L. Ron Hubbard to hook up car batteries or some sort of high voltage to an e-meter because Hubbard was trying to figure out, guess what? How to get rid of BTs. Still. After all these other things, he was still trying to get rid of body thetans, and he was to the point where he was going to do it with high voltage. Like you locate the body thetan, and then you you zapify him. You give him a little um, taser. You know that's all. That's all Hubbard needed was just some ta- just to be tased repeatedly, and that'll blow those BTs it's, away. It's probably best he never got to writing those upper levels yeah. <laughs> where he was headed. <laughs> the Sar- the Sarge guy talks about this, and he also says he never did it because he was afraid if he did all that, he'd get blamed with the old man dying because he got zapped by this thing that Sar- that Sarge made. And the and then there's another meter that David Miscavige talked about that. That used to be in L. Ron Hubbard's mansion at the international headquarters. There's a meet. Did you know about this meter? Yeah. In the, in the house. Yeah. You know what I'm about to tell you? Yeah. I mean, I can't remember right. I, I know the minute you're going to say it, I, I'm going to be like, that's right. There's an e-meter. <laughs> There's only one or maybe two. I think um, Church of Spiritual Technology, CST, those are the secret underground base Scientology people. Um, they might also have one, but I'm pretty sure there's either only one or two of these things. But Hubbard built this thing and it was a Wi-Fi e-meter. It didn't have any connectors. It didn't have any cans. It didn't have anything. It operated wirelessly. It was a telepathic meter. Oh, look, and look. There Mike it is. Mike Rinder, telepathic, telepathic meter. Exactly. It was a tele... <laughs> I, thanks, Mike. Appreciate that. Um, somebody's backing me up here. He knows about the telepathic meter. Yep. Um, I remember because um, you really, if you worked at the international headquarters, you weren't allowed to go to L. Rach's house. 
And I was, I think, one of a, a handful of people from Golden Era Productions. It was when I was doing quote unquote good and Dave was asking for stuff and I was doing stuff. Yeah. And so he said, and I like hey, that you-, you got to go, you got to go there. I was in Religious Technology Center at least and at that time I hadn't gone yeah. through. I got I went through later, but whatever. Yeah. When I went through, the house had just recently been completed and I want to say, if any, a handful of people from Golden Era Productions had even been up to the house, and I was given a, I was getting a tour of the entire house, and the person who gave me the tour was Annie Broker, she, the person that was with L. Ron Hubbard when he passed away, and that's where I found out about the crazy was that that when I found out about a ton of crazy was in that tour, because in that tour. Um, I'm going to take this slide off because we don't really need that anymore. But in that tour is when they showed me that they laid his clothes out for the next day, the night before, and they ran a bath for him. And, and I, but they were saying it like they did it today. And I was like, what? Like you guys are, you guys are laying his clothes out for tomorrow. Like it's Wednesday. You're laying his clothes out for Thursday. And that, that one thing I think might've been the seed because I was thinking if that dude left 15, 20 years ago and he comes back, why would they lay out his old fuddy duddy clothes from 1978 where he looked like Colonel, a fat Colonel Sanders? Why, why, <laughs> why are they laying fat Colonel Sanders clothes out for some dude who's going to be like 21 years old? That one thing, like forget about all the aliens and the BTs. I didn't know about any of that laying 78 year old clothes out for a fuddy duddy who's now 21 that to me was like well how's that work that doesn't make sense you can't you can't insert logic into it honey yeah. <laughs> it doesn't doing? work that way anyway uh, so they do have a mark 9 e-meter in case you got scientologists you know you had to get rid of the mark 7 you had to get rid of the mark 5 then the mark 6 then the mark 7 and now you're on the mark 8 the ultra 8 very, very uh, unhappy with the use of the word ultra as well, because that was a Depeche Mode album before it was a Scientology E-meter designation. Um, but so they come out with um, this Mark 8 E-meter, and that's supposed to be the hot, most high-tech E-meter they're ever going to make. But guess what, guys? Scientology have got a, a wireless telepathic E-meter just sitting up there that they ain't telling anybody about. Nobody's using it. Um Okay, that is uh, that covers it. If you uh, wanted to uh, know how to get to the OT levels in Scientology, you just done did it. We don't need to go through all those <laughs> lists and all that. This is the cliff notes. This is the OT level cliff notes. That's you just you just got them. Um, why pay all that money and study all that nonsense? And also the BTS it, apparently they never leave. They never leave. Hubbard couldn't even get them to leave. How how are you going to get them to leave? That's what I wanted. To, that's really the moral of the story. Not only was it a complete bait and switch, the entire time, Hubbard, when he died, was still trying to get rid of his BTs. Okay. Space cooties, they're just, I think they just might be an invasive species. That's you just not, until you find a natural predator, you're going to have a problem with uh, invasive BTs. Um, speaking of BTs, oh my God. I was watching this documentary on Australia. They got all kinds of nonsense happening down there between rabbits 
and um, rats and mice. There's all kinds of evasive species that have been brought there. I think mostly by the English, if you want to uh, pin it down to one uh, like group of people who brought nonsense to Australia. Uh, there's a lot of nonsense they're having to deal with because of that. Uh, rabbits, I think rabbits and mice are the big the big ones. So there were some other things I read about, but Mike says, BTs are forever. Yeah, they're forever. <laughs> we should just learn to get along. That's what I say. Mm. Just live to live with one another. Um, did we get any comments? Do we have any time for comments, babe? Uh, yep, we can burn through some comments and okay. some questions that I marked. Okay. I know Claire's got a hard out on this one, so uh, we're going to do as many as we can in so that time. I'll, I'll read you pull them up and I'll read them. How about that? Perfect. Shannon Graves question. If you're OT3, can you speak about that to another OT3? And the answer is no, you cannot. It's forbidden to discuss anything about your case, as it's called in Scientology, with anybody else at any level, but especially about the upper levels. So there's no discussion, no comparing notes. None of that. Witness, question, isn't it odd that the leader of the church, David Miscavige, isn't on the bridge or in, or on the OT levels? Yes, it is. And that's something that um, at least when Mark and I started speaking out, a lot of people who were under the radar, Scientologists, were really shocked to learn that he never studies, he never does anything, he's rewritten most of the materials, he's rewritten most of the courses David Miscavige has. Um but yet he and he doesn't do any of it himself. So, yeah, he doesn't follow any of the rules that we lived by. No. Oh, and that's the other thing I w was thinking of doing. If um, we're going to do a video, we're actually going to do a video tomorrow with Mark and Janice from Peeling the Onion, um, our Scientology stories, where we're going to talk about who culted better, L. Ron Hubbard or David Miscavige, which and was the... Who had bet the bet the biggest inurement from the millions of dollars amassed? That's right. Who who culted better, Hubbard who or Miscavige? <laughs> <laughs> who was the better evil dictator of the two? Yeah, maybe we'll do a poll. Care for JCYT? Wouldn't it be crazy if they used AI to create the upper levels? This is exactly what I said to Mark right before we started this. I'm like, if they do ever put anything out, it's going to be from AI. Yeah, it yep. probably will be. <laughs> yep. Um, sorry, I got distracted. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, no, go ahead. Uh, I'll, I'll got, I got it. Julie Anthony, question. What is the difference between body thetans and operating thetans? Hello from Halifax, Nova Scotia. Yeah, my answer to that, <laughs> operating thetan is really the primary you, uh, and that's who Scientology is saying that when you get to um, – because over everything and, you know, operating at the best, uh, you know, best level possible and all that. Uh, whereas your body things are, as we've just talked about, um, yeah, they're soul ones squatters. that need help. Soul squatters. There you go. Yeah. Denver Steve. <laughs> Wait, what happened 75 million years ago? Yeah. yeah. See Denver Steve. you should know that. Look at your picture. You know, you know, <laughs> Wait, Good to see what? you here. Wait, what? <laughs> Michelle Carpenter, imminent trouble source. This is great, but I'm just impatiently waiting for Claire's book. Well, thank you, Michelle. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh -huh. You didn't have to do that. And I will answer your email. I'm so sorry. My, my work, ask Mark. My work week has just been 
complete insanity. Yeah, so we I'm both sorry. actually had a lot of, we were like, oh, we have a little bit of time. We can do some stuff. And then we both got swamped with work. So it was like, oh, well, there goes our whole plan to do a bunch of. Things. Yeah. And a snowstorm and school closed and, and the holiday. Oh, and so it was just like, pile on. Why don't you world? <clears throat> okay. Love it. Question. What would happen if in 14 days someone said all done? Ta-da. Yeah, that's a great question. That would be called quickie. You're not allowed to do that. <laughs> And Scientology is called quickie, quickie tech, quickie grades, quickie levels. Uh, it means that you haven't really dug in and you're just glossing over it and they do not allow that. And you're not even allowed, even if you did do an OT level, you're not allowed to tell somebody, oh, I did OT3 in, in a month. You can't tell anybody. Yeah, that. it's a you crime. To, it's a yeah. crime in Scientology to boast as to how quickly you got through a level. Yeah, because then somebody else would know like, wait a minute, it took me three years what the hell is something wrong with me? It's like, no, it's all crazy. Nothing's wrong with anybody. Um, it's Denver all Stevo. No, no. At OBG Foster. Zenu is the good guy. Ron's teeth smell like poo. <laughs> yeah. Ron's teeth okay, definitely do smell like poo. I think mm. he, he didn't like psychiatrists, but he, it didn't seem like he hated dentists more. <laughs> yep. OBG Foster. So there's no target two? No, no, there wasn't even a target one. Yep. Um, K set. I'll certainly have to rewatch this. Okay. Well, thank you, Kay. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Scott Nicholson, save the LA dog. All right. Not sure the context there, but all right. <laughs> We're missing. We'll catch up on, on whatever else is going on. Scientia, parasitic entities. Scientia. 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 Parasitic entities is an ancient belief found in Hinduism, shamanism, etc. Well, there you go. Did not know yeah. that. Hubbard nev never read anything he didn't like to uh, lift from. He was yes. a very red individual. Expert plagiarizer. Um, Citizen Cohen. First gen human, second gen victims. No shame. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, craziness. Yep. yep. Salty Beach Girl Lori. Has anyone ever snapped at that point? I think this came in at OT8, and the answer is very definitely yes. Many people... Uh, the drop-off rate, as Mark was talking about, the the ledges, OT8 was certainly a massive ledge. Yeah. Um, I want to read this one because I've seen this both ways. It says, Martin Ottman says, it was not Marty Rathbun who confirmed the authenticity, authenticis, authenticity of the Antichrist Bulletin. It was a reader of his blog, an ex-Scientologist who did OT8 right after the maiden voyage of the free ones. Yes. I've seen both that and I've also scene where marty on the blog said yes that was true so that's i think that's how they are, are writing it that way because marty allowed that to be on his blog and confirmed that yes that was what it was or something like that but yes thanks martin i appreciate that not that we can trust anything marty says anymore, i know it's sort whatever. of like <laughs> marty Ridiculous. has said everything from both ways <laughs> yeah the the scientology tactic of taking him off the board val yeah. Did you escape in 2005? If so, on the 19th anniversary of LRH's death, and this is your 19th freedom anniversary. Wow. That will only ever happen once. Make make sure you treat yourself. Oh, my gosh. That just gave me That's crazy. That's crazy. What about crazy. that? The timing. Yes. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Thanks, Val, for bringing that up. I yeah. have not put those pieces together. Oh, this is Mike. Hey, Mike. 
Um, I think Claire did a video. I, I don't know if it's a secret or not, but Claire did a video that should be coming out with Mike and another person in the next few it, days. Somebody put up a comment here that maybe it's already up. Oh, really? Look. Oh, I have to go. check. <laughs> Maybe I'm check behind the times. Maybe yeah, I where's the memo. video? Yeah, <laughs> we didn't get a copy yet. I guess uh, I, we were supposed to put that up on our channel too. I think so. We might have to get get a copy of that. Uh, Citizen well, Cone super sticker. Thank, thank you for that. You. So it's, it's very generous. And then we got Scott Scott Nicholson. Thank goodness for the sensible opposition to the cult. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Scott. We appreciate it. Yeah, and yes, we you. will keep on doing what we've been doing now for uh, since 2006 for Mark and 2008 for me. Mike yeah, Rinder, it's up on my channel. Okay, awesome. All right. <laughs> I guess we're not getting it on our channel. <laughs> all right, we'll we'll figure it out. <laughs> it's fine. It's all good. Um, yes. There we go uh, on Mike's channel. There you there go. go. Thank you. The, thank the you, comments thank are lit, lit up. They're like, yeah, we've already watched it. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, like we said, it's been a crazy work week. Yes. Um, oh, see, that's it. Love Food Kitchen said, yes, that's what I said at the start. I paused Claire to watch Claire. <laughs> I paused. Oh, like, sorry about that. We didn't, sense now. you know, yes. there's so many channels now and there's so many, be doing, so many, so many people do. We can't really coordinate the schedule. It's kind of like everybody for themselves. We do our thing when we can do our thing. The beauty um, of YouTube is, Hey, there's always replay crew. So, you know, yeah, whatever totally. works, works. And, um, yeah, there you have it. Okay, I think uh, I think that's all the questions. Thank you guys for tuning in. We are going to do a video tomorrow. Um, I'm not sure if we're going to do a live or not. I oh, think. Sorry, I, I hit the wrong. I, this is the one I was trying to show. Oh, the okay. comments jumped on me. Salty Beach Girl Laurie. Thanks, Headley. Love Headleys. Love you guys. Thanks for squeaking one in the busy season. Yes. Good to see you here. <laughs> Good to see you here. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> yeah, um, I can't. Oh, there we go. Um, yeah, no, we've um, we've been very busy. We've got a bunch of stuff coming up. Um, I've got to travel for work again in, in the next little bit, but we're going to try to keep doing uh, Mark and Mitch and Spy Files, and we've got another um, Where is Shelly coming out. We've got more Scientology stories. If you haven't seen the ones with Sasha, we've got a part one and part two with my friend from uh, school, Sasha's Bitten Off. Uh, Claire just one with John uh, did another one with John Atac. Um, we're going to do some more Scientology stories, and we're going to do some more where Shelley's, and we we have to do the the wedding video. Claire and I have to do the wedding yep. video. And on Wednesday, January twenty fourth, we will do my escape story, in which I escaped on the nineteenth anniversary of L. Ron Hubbard's death. And it will be the 19-year anniversary of my escape on Wednesday. Hallelujah. Holy moly. <laughs> awesome, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for sticking with us. And um, we will see you on the next one. Thanks for watching. If you'd like to help support the channel, feel free to check out the merch store link in the description. We have Hail Xenu, Xenu is my homeboy, and BFG branded mouse pads, shirts, mugs, all sorts of other stuff in there that helps us to bring you new content on a regular basis. You can also pick up a copy of my book, Blown for Good, Behind the Iron Curtain of Scientology in hardback, Kindle, and Audible versions as well. There's also a link to our podcast, and you can get that on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks a lot. Until next time.